Amen. God bless you. Turn to somebody and say, it's good to live for God. It really is good to live for God. Great to have Sister Frizzell here tonight. Had wanted Brother Frizzell to preach while we were gone. I understand he's been under the weather. Let's pray for him. Great to have my brother here. If I'd have known he was going to be here, you wouldn't have to endure me tonight. You'd have got something really good. But I do believe the Lord, and I I, I probably will not be lengthy, uh, but night before last, before I laid down to go to bed, I was already thinking about service tonight. And the Lord, just a portion of Scripture that I've read, I've preached out of many, many times, came to me, and only two words came from that passage. And when those words uh, echoed in my mind, the Lord began to talk to me about a few things that I want to share with you. Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to take you to the 26th verse, and we're going to read down through verse 30. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Jesus speaking to Peter, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30 said, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And those last two words just echoed in my mind as I went to sleep the other night. Save me. The desperate cry of a man in an unexpected situation. And I want to talk to you about dealing with life's unexpected. Dealing with life's unexpected. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Life is a strange, the word that comes to mind is conundrum. And if you don't know what that means, I don't, you'll have to go look it up. I just, it's one of those words I've heard and I think I know what it means. But I'm serious. I do know what it means. But it is, it's a mixture of strange things. It is, uh, it is unpredictable and about the time you feel like you've got life figured out, something happens that turns your life or your world or your family upside down. And the unpredictable comes so often. The unexpected, the unplanned, the many changes that come in life, the erratic nature of life, just like the weather you know, you can be sailing along and everything's good, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this ferocious storm, and 
when you get caught up in some storms, you don't get away from them very quickly. Some things just blow through. There's some storms that happen in life that it's just a great gust of wind and it's gone. But there's some like those uh, that we've, we've known in our own life that last for a while. Peter uh, was in a storm that lasted for a few hours. And probably for him it seemed like an eternity. Uh, there's several passages of Scripture that deal with the storms that the disciples found themselves in. But one one portion of Scripture, I, I believe it was Mark recorded, that they were toiling in rowing. They were trying to bail themselves out of their situation. And they had been in that storm for a number of hours. But uh, sometimes it's just a few minutes. I, I don't know how long this storm had been going on, this great wind that had caused such trouble uh, that Jesus came walking to them on the water. But whatever it was, it, it was so distracting to them. And it was so uh, unsettling to them that and so unnerving that they didn't even recognize him, although they had just been with him a few hours before this storm came. And that's what storms do to us. They, they cause us to lose sight of the things that we need to keep in mind, and we get caught up in the things that we have no control over. And here Jesus is coming, walking to them, and he has to identify himself because they're afraid that it's a ghost, and it's the same Jesus that they had just communed with and probably ate with a few hours earlier. But storms do that to us. And, and uh, in this particular occasion, it, it was probably a, a few hours. But Paul found himself in a storm that lasted for at least 14 days. That's, that's a long time to get blown around. But there's some that are sitting in this building tonight that you've been in storms longer than that. You've been in some turmoil in your family that's gone on not for a few days or a few hours, but it's gone on for months. And that the the unpredictable nature of what a storm brings into our lives is unsettling. And what I've learned, if, if I've learned anything in life, and, and I, I don't know a lot, but I have been down uh, a few roads and I have climbed up the rough side of the mountain a time or two, I found out that many times... Life is more about adjusting than it is about knowing. There's a lot of things that I know about life, but they don't, they don't always jive with what's going on in my life at that particular moment. And I can get lost in that. I can, <clears throat> I can become unsettled. I can go away from God. I can backslide. I can lose out. Or I can make the adjustments that are needed and necessary to survive the storm. And I think so much of life is about adjusting. It's not always about knowing. It's amazing that uh, a few years ago when we were in the strip shopping center in our early days here in League City, there was a young lady and her husband who, <clears throat> very faithful, all of you know them, 
I don't want to call their name because if somebody were to take this tape or put it on the web, and they're going to know who it is, but I don't want to call a name. But anyway, she is a trained medical professional, was trained in CPR, and one night during the middle of service, they were sitting up on the second row. Her husband turned gray and quit breathing, and his head fell over on his chest right in the middle of my sermon. I've preached a lot of people to sleep, but I've just about killed that man that night. But his head fell over on his chest, and, I mean, it was full panic. And so we, I, well, I stopped preaching, as you can imagine, disrupted the service. I, we all gather around. We start praying. He's not responding. He's turning grayer, and it's obvious that something's not working right. And so we call 911, and here is this trained medical professional. She goes into full-blown panic, and when I caught her, she was running out across the parking lot for the main street trying to find the ambulance so that she could direct them into the parking lot. Now, it would have been better if in that moment she had used her trained professionalism to help revive her husband. But that's what a sudden change in life can do to you. You panic. You lose your head. You, you don't think clearly. You, you, you can't always know exactly what you ought to do next. And the best people sometimes can do some of the strangest things. And they can do things that you look back and you think, what were they thinking? But that's what storms can do. They are, they are sudden, they're, they're erratic, there's such a variableness to them, and the unforeseen and the unexpected that comes to us is so unsettling. And so life is about adjusting. It's not all about knowing. You know what to do, but sometimes even when you know what to do, when you're in the pressure of a moment, you don't always do that. But it's about catching yourself at some point and realizing you're going in the wrong direction and turning that to the, to, to the benefit of your soul. And that's what I, I saw in this passage of Scripture. When I began to think about Peter and this encounter with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, they, they were trying to get through the storm. They were just trying to survive the moment. And here comes Jesus walking out across the water to them. They don't recognize him. They, they don't see uh, him for who he is. He has to identify himself. And once that happens, Peter says to him, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus, this is one thing you have to be careful about. Be careful what you ask the Lord. Because the Lord will oftentimes give you what you ask. And then we're unprepared for it. And that's probably what happened. Simon Peter is that impulsive man. And he knows that voice and he recognizes him. Lord, if you can do it, I can do it. And so he steps out. And he begins walking on the water, and then something happened. That word but shows up. But 
He saw the winds boisterous. Something distracted him. Something got his mind off of that initial uh, encounter, that initial calling, and and what was once uh, an easy thing seemed to be uh, an effortless part uh, for him to do now suddenly changes. The, the unexpected happens. I mean, who could imagine Peter drowning on an invitation from his own Lord and Master to come to him on the sea? And yet that's exactly what it appeared, that Peter, might, he may wind up drowning before this is over with because of the elements that have distracted him. And so I can only imagine what all must have gone through his mind. You know, when you're in a, in a panic moment, your life can flash before you in an instant. They say that at the moment of death, many times an entire lifetime can span before your eyes so quickly that you can recall and relive moments in your life in a split second of time that your mind has the capacity to do that. And I can only imagine when Peter, all of a sudden, that uh, whatever solidity he felt underneath his feet, it began to give way and he began to go down. I can only imagine what must have gone through his head because I know what goes through my mind. When things unexpected come, when you're, well, when you're doing the will of God, when you're doing the will of God and something, some unforeseen thing happens and 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 it, and it seems like everything's going to crater on you, and your life is going down the tubes. You, you, your response to that is so critical. It, it is so important that we know how to respond when life comes with its unexpected thing, when the unforeseen or the unanticipated or the unpredictable happens in our life. How? We respond in moments like that, determine the success or failure of our life. And life can flash before your mind in an instant, in a moment. But what struck me was that when this moment came, he knew what to say when he was going down. He knew what to say when he was going down. Now, that may not seem like much to you, but when you pastored people like I have for a little while, you find out some strange things go on in people's lives when they're going down. The biggest thing that I've discovered is that in a lot of people, they live in complete denial that they're going down. They're, this is not happening to me. And they go through this denial that things are not working. Things are going to pieces. And they keep trying to prop up all of these parts that are falling apart. And they're running around and they exhaust themselves trying to posture themselves and trying to make sure that they still look good on the outside to everybody. And everybody thinks that they've got their act together. And they, they, they would rather posture themselves than they would to really find a solution to the problem. 
And I, that, that may sound crazy to, to you, but I've pastored enough and I've, I've counseled with enough people to, to realize that there's some people that live in denial. That, that anything, that, 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 that there's nothing wrong in my life. It's like the husband and wife that came into the counselor and the counselor looked at him and said, well, you know, it would help me if I knew what the problem was, where to get started. And the husband looked at him and said, well, I don't have a problem. It's her. She's the one that's got the problem. Well, that's a red light right there. But anyway, that's the way a lot of people are. It's not me. I I don't have the problem. I'm seeking, but I don't have a problem. My life's going to pieces. My family's falling apart. Now, I know sometimes families fall apart, and you don't have anything to do with that. But there's, there's time that our families fall apart, and people still live in denial that it's happening to them. I don't want to live in denial that, that something is not working out. I want to find a better solution, and the better solution is what Peter found. And it was very simple, and yet it was so profound. There's some people that I've met in life that when things begin to fall apart and when they start seeking and going down, they, they go into confessing, this is not happening to me. This is not happening. This will not happen to me. This will not. And they're going all the way. This will not blah, 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 blah. And they go all the way down confessing this will not. Just because I confess it's not going to happen doesn't mean it's not going to happen. There's some things that have happened that I will not to happen, but God willed them to happen, and so they happen. A lot of things, if I'd have had a choice in life, I wouldn't have gone through what I've had to go through, and I know you wouldn't have either. As far as the will is concerned, I would not have willed the tears or the misery or the heartache or the pain that I've had to suffer in my lifetime But God allowed those things to come. And I can go through life trying to, this what I call a false confession. It's nothing more than a word. It's nothing more than another form of denial that this is happening to me. But there are people that go all through life confessing that it's not happening. And they're getting broker and broker and broker and poorer and poorer and poorer. You know, if some people would quit confessing and start working, they'd probably quit getting poor. I don't know where that came from. Maybe that came from Hawaii, but that that's the truth. There's a well, there's a lot of folks, well, I, 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 I refuse to acknowledge that. Well, sometimes ignoring your enemy is a good thing, but refusing to acknowledge a problem in life is not a wise thing to do. It's like driving around with a car that has a problem in the motor, and every time it starts knocking, saying, that's not, no, that, that's not, that, it's not, it's not, it's not. You can say that all you want to, but that rod's still going to break through that piston before long if you don't get it worked on. Sometimes we have to go beyond just confessing. And there's other people that are just in sheer shock. They can't believe it's happening to them. And it's like they go into this spasm in the mind. And they just, they're they're no good to anybody. Because 
they just can't believe it's happening to me. I, I can only imagine what Peter must have thought when he steps out. He starts walking. Man, this is awesome. This is this is fantastic. And then, I mean, as 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 solid as it had been in one step, the next step, there was nothing there. And in a, in, a, in you know. He said, this is not happening to me. I don't believe this is happening to me. You can say that all the way to the bottom. That's not going to stop it from happening. What stopped him from going completely under was his response to the unexpected in life. Number one, he knew who to call on. He didn't call for his buddies in the boat. He didn't tell them to row faster to get here quicker or throw me a lifeline. You know, it's amazing how many people we're content to go give our, our, our hearts trouble to that can't help us in the least wise. We would be much wiser if we would learn who to tell our troubles to. Amen. There's some folks that all they want to know about your troubles is enough to put something on Facebook about it. And I I just don't like having my problems advertised out there. Do you? Do you like all your family business out there? I mean, I'm telling you, some folks have, they lose their brain when they sit down behind a keyboard sometimes. And they can put some of the most ignorant stuff out there. And you're thinking, God, I know they had a mind at one time, but they must have got it must have be it must be lost right now. But I'm not gonna find the answer that I need just in the fellowship of this congregation, although that's a great place to be. There's only one that can help me when I'm going down, and that's the Lord Himself. And you better know how to call on him, and you better know how to get in touch with him when things start falling apart. You better know where to go when you're going down. Amen. It's good to know what to say when you're going down too. Amen. Not only good to know who to call on, but it's good to know what to say. And what he said was, Lord, save me. Now, that... When, when, when that phrase came to me the other night, it was something about those two words, save me, that brought back in my mind vivid experiences that I have seen and experienced in my own life. My brother's here tonight, and I've told you this before, but when, when we were kids, we were down at my granddad's in Woodville, and we had been out swimming in one of the lakes uh, there by where my granddad lived, and we we weren't uh, we were just kids and playing around. Charles and James were horsing around out in deeper water, and Margaret and myself were in the shallower water. And Charles and him had they'd been pushing each other under and and carrying on and and doing what kids do. And all of a sudden, James disappeared. He goes under. And my dad sitting on, I can still see it in my mind. My dad, they'd backed the car up to the, the, the lake, and he was sitting 
laying on the trunk with his head up on the back windshield, just watching us and enjoying a beautiful day. James goes down and he comes up in, and there's this panic. But we didn't realize it was panic. We just thought they were playing. And he cries out, somebody to help him. I don't even remember exactly what he said. He may recall, but I just remember what happened. He goes down the second time. And and we 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 think again, it's just Charles, they're just playing around and and again he comes up out of the water and this look on his face it, it tells the story. This is not play, this is not a game. And as he goes down the third time, it hit my dad that this this boy is not playing. He's he's drowning. He had stepped off in a sinkhole. And there was a, every time he, he would come up, something would suck him back under. And I remember when he started down that third time, my dad came off the back of that car. He didn't take time to take his shoes off. He didn't take time to take his wallet out of his back pocket. He didn't take time to roll up his pants leg. My father bailed off out in that water, clothes, shoes, wallet, everything he had out in that water in a desperate mode. He reaches down and he grabs my brother and he pulls him up out of that water. And I thought, God, that that's saved me. That's the cry that Peter gave. I, I don't. I'm not worried about you messing my hair up. I'm not going to posture myself so I I got my hands just right and and, and, and I'm, I've got my, my my pants creased just perfectly. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not interested in entering a parade today. All I need you to do is get your hand on me. I need you to put your hand on my life and get me out of this mess that I am in right now. I am not worried about my pride. Save me. And I thought, God, please don't ever let me get to the place that I have so much pride that my pride is more important to me than my salvation. Because you know there's some folks that are going down that have that they have so much pride they would never let it be known that they're sinking until it's too late. There's some people that live in a state of denial. They just keep denying, keep denying, keep. I said, God, please don't ever let me get to the place that I am so full of myself that I am more concerned about my appearance. I'm more concerned about how people are going to feel or think about me than I am about being saved. Don't ever let me get to the place that I am so eat up with myself that I am more worried about getting my, my clothes wrinkled than I am getting deliverance. Save me. Whatever you've got to do, Lord, save me. I don't know how he did it. He reached out his hand, got a hold of him, but I don't know. Maybe he got him by the hair of the head. I don't know. Maybe he grabbed him by his cloak. Maybe he did get him by the hand. It doesn't matter, Lord, if you grab my hand or you grab me by the hair of my head. Just pull me out. 
Don't let me drown. Don't let me die in this dilemma. There's something about me. I want to live more than I want to be full of pride. Amen. And there's some sometimes in life we need help, but we are so filled with ourselves that we're afraid to let that need be known. And the unexpected happens. We 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 start going down or we go through things that we didn't we didn't see coming. Anybody had any of that happen? I know you have. But knowing where to go when that happens is so important. The most important thing that you can do is keep coming to the house of God. You say, why? There's something about the fellowship of the house of God and the fellowship of God's people that will give you strength and will help you in your time of struggle. The last thing I want to do if I'm having trouble is lay out of church. Amen. I want to bring, you said, Brother Hughes, I don't feel right about bringing my troubles to church. My God, where else are you going to bring them? You can't take them to the bank. The bank not concerned about your troubles. They don't care whether you can pay your rent or not. They're just going to foreclose. But you can bring those troubles to the altar. You can bring those troubles to the house of God. If you know what to say, God can help get you out of that dilemma. And what I'm trying to do is learn how to formulate those words. Save me. Whatever it takes. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you've got to do to get me out of this mess. Save me. Now, that's a desperate place to be. But when you're really drowning and you're really dying, you don't care. It's amazing. When, when death comes, how much of our human pride that we lose, when they start cutting clothes off and they start putting leads on, we're, we're not... We're not worried about all of the things that we used to be worried about. All we want is do whatever you've got to do, but keep me alive. Save me. Peter's going down. He's sinking. What's he going to do? Well, I'm afraid to tell anybody I've got a problem. I'm afraid to ask for prayer. I'm afraid to go to the altar. I'm afraid people will think I'm backslid. You know what? I lost that fear a long time ago. I don't care if you think I'm backslid or not. You're not the one I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get through to him because he's the only one can help pull me out of this. And if I keep coming, if I keep calling, if I know who to come to and I know what to say, he's going to pull me out. He's going to see me through. The Bible said I once was young, but now I'm old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. That tells me that I don't care what happens in life. God's got a way of getting his hand on you if you live in the right attitude, in the right spirit. And when Peter began to go down, I don't know what all went on in his mind. I don't know what all thoughts, I, I don't know if his life flashed before him. All I know is out of the depth of his heart came this cry, Save me! Save me. Amen. Save me! You ever seen anybody that's in, in, in a place like that? They lose their pride. 
They lose their self-importance. They, they, they lose all of their, their social dignities. Amen. It's like trying to tell God how he's going to bless me. Amen. It's, I don't care, Lord, if you have to knock me down, knock me down. There's some things that are so needful, it, even if you have to spit in my eye. And that's what he did on one occasion. He spit in the man's eye. You say, I would never let anybody spit in my eye. You've never hurt bad enough. If you hurt bad enough, you don't care what it hap- what has to happen Whatever you've got to do, God, if that's what it takes, I don't understand that. I don't know what you're up to. I don't even understand that. But if that's what it takes to get what I need in my life, then a little spit won't hurt me. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Save me. Whatever you've got to do, Lord, save me. Don't ever let me get to the place that I've got so much pride that I have to dictate to God. Now, God, if you're going to bless me, you're going to have to bless me this way. You're going to have to do it this in this fashion. You're going to have to give me this job. You're going to have to put me in this position. If if I don't get this job and I don't get this position, God, I I, I don't know if I can I can carry on. You know what? I don't I don't have to have that position if God will just give me a job. My dad taught me a long time ago. I don't have to be paid $30 an hour. I can go work for $10 an hour. And if I work for $10 an hour and I'll be faithful to 10, God knows what my need is and he will open a door. But if I sit back and I turn down a $10 job because I'm waiting on a $30 job, folks, that's idiocy if you ask me. That's somebody that doesn't understand the simple fact that God's going to bless those who are willing to make an effort. Amen. Say, well, God, if you're going to work it out, this is how you've got to do it. I don't care how he works it out. Just work it out. I want to be in that position. I want to be of the frame of mind that Peter was. When he said, save me, he wasn't dictating to God how it was going to happen. Just get me out of here. Don't let me die in this dilemma that I'm in. And that's that's the way I feel tonight. God, I'm not asking you to spit in my eye. I'm not asking you to spit on the ground and make mud balls and put them on my eyes. But if that's what it takes for me to see, if that's what it takes for me to have the miracle that I need, if that's what it takes for me to get what I've got to have, then, Lord, so be it. Whatever it takes, just do your work in my life. Don't let me be lost. Amen. Don't let me be lost. Save me. Save me. Save me. However you want to do it, however you choose to work it out, God, just save me. Somebody say it with me. Save me. Save my family. Amen. Save my my life. Save my future. Amen. Let's stand together. Praise God. Save me. Save me. Save me. Sometimes I'm in that place like a lot of us get, where pride weasels its way in 
And you know what you ought to do, but you just, there's something about it. It just sticks in your craw. You just, if you know what that is. Anybody know what your craw is? It just sticks in it. It just, it, it just doesn't go down. And you walk away from God's touch. I wonder how many, sometimes I just wonder. In God's storehouse, the Bible said he daily loadeth us with benefits. And yet I see so many people that live such poor lives and they live such beleaguered spiritual lives. And I'm wondering, how did they miss God's storehouse? And somehow I wonder how many miracles have been left at an altar because in our mind it had to work a certain way. God had to do it like this. You've got to do it now, not later. You've got to do it in this fashion and no other way. And God chose to work it out another way, or he chose to let me go on in the storm more than a few hours, more than a few days. Maybe he let me go a few weeks in the storm, or maybe a few months or a year or more. God, I don't care. I don't care what you, what the means that you use to save me. Just save me. Amen. Save me. Save me. I don't want to die in my dilemma. I don't want to go down in this storm. Keep me. Amen. Reach out. Take hold of me. You know what released the hand of God to do that was that simple cry of a desperate man, save me, (laughs) save me, save me, save me, save me, save me. He wasn't trying to be cute. He wasn't trying to impress anybody. He's like the man that came to pray. He come in, found himself a corner and began to beat on himself. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. I'm I'm undone. And over in the other corner was this Pharisee. He got his his list out. Lord, I just want to remind you of how good I am. I want to remind you of all the things I've done for you today. Like you're obligating God to do something for you. God, I, I prayed my prayers this morning early and I gave my alms. I was faithful in my tithes. And I want you to know I hadn't talked bad about anybody today. And I haven't been on Facebook. And I hadn't, I hadn't said anything I shouldn't say. I hadn't used any bad words. I just wanted you to know how good I am, God, so you can bless me. What did the Bible say? That man went away without ever getting anything from God. But over in the corner was this man that was kind of like Peter. Save me. Save me. However however you have to do it, whatever you've got to do, whatever needs to be done in my life, if, if I need to be humble a little more, if that's what it's going to take for me to be saved, then, Lord, I'll just take me down a little lower. <laughs> Amen. You know, at some point in life, you forget about your status Amen. 
And you just say, God, whatever it takes, save me. Save me. Save me. I don't know if this means anything to you, but it means something to me. In a moment of desperation, when life comes with its unexpected and you're having to, you're trying to make adjustments, the best adjustment you can make is to, toward Him. Lord, save me. The best adjustment you can make is to always turn His direction. God, you're the only one that can help me. You're the only one. I'm not counting on man because man is limited. The best of his ability, man cannot do what God can do. Reach out to the Lord right now. God, I need you. I need you tonight. Save me, save me, save me. Save me. However, whatever, God, save me. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.